faith. I'm telling you, I could think and I could study, I could preach, I could discuss and talk about faith every single day, all day long, literally, and never get tired of it. I might have to take a break and, you know, go kind of refresh. But there's so much to faith. And the wonderful thing about faith is that God says that he's given us the measure. It's not something we have to, well, i got to run down to the faith shop. i got to pray, oh, God, give me faith. The Bible tells us that God has given to each person the measure, whatever that is. For every person, it's obviously somewhat different. But the other amazing and wonderful thing about faith is that faith can grow. You know, I remember years ago doing a thing, and i got to get on my message here, but let me just get this out. Um, I, was, I was doing some, was preaching on faith, and, and I just kind of was talking to somebody, and they told me that they had a heart condition, and we were talking about it. And I was thought about the scripture where Jesus tells his disciples, you know, um, you know, talked about the condition of their faith. And then I thought, what's the condition of my faith? What's the condition? We were concerned about the condition of our heart. <laughs> Absolutely. We're concerned about the condition of our sugar levels, if we, especially if we have tendencies to be diabetic. But here's the thing, Christians. What is the condition of our faith? Is it something that we can control? Is it something that we have uh, the ability to, uh, to look over and to, it, it's, it's weak? You know, the, I'll, I'll preach that message another time. But the thing is, is our, our faith is in a certain condition. And not like, oh, the whole church has the same condition. No, it doesn't. Everybody is responsible for the condition of their faith. And I want to talk today about living above the average because I've never been impressed or been, you know, if somebody's trying to impress or been, when somebody comes up and says, well, they're saying, hey, do you know Tom? I hear it. you know Tom? Yeah. Well, tell me about him. Well, he's just an average guy. I'm thinking, he's just an average guy? What do you mean just an average guy? Nobody likes to be called average. I like to be, have my blood pressure on average <laughs> or normal or low or whatever when I go to the doctor. But the thing is, is I don't want to live an average life. Just getting by, just kind of staying under the radar, being unnoticed, kind of like just, just kind of looking out over the sea and just kind of seeing my head bob every now and then. And I, I think God calls us to live a life that is more than just average, just getting by. We're going to look at a guy in, in the Bible by the name of Jabez. And there's only two verses written about Jabez. And so let me just start by, by just making a few quick comments that God uses ordinary people. Ordinary people. I don't like being called ordinary either. But the thing is, is he uses us to accomplish extraordinary things. That's what he does. No, 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 pastor. He doesn't. He uses extraordinary people to ex accomplish extraordinary things. No, he doesn't. He uses people of faith, people that are willing to step out. The, the definition of average, if you, if you look it up in Webster's, or it, it's basically uh, usual, uh, normal kind, normal amount, normal quantity, normal rate, just normal, 98.6, nothing high, nothing low, nothing expected. But God will take, if we feel average, I want you to know, that's not like something to be ashamed of. 
But I want to strive that God would do something above average through my life, if you know what I mean, if you can stay with me here. You know, uh, somebody said one time that being average means that you're just as close to the bottom as you are to the top. Just kind of like, yeah, I'm just yeah, here, just kind of in the middle. Uh, and so how do we live above average? Let me just kind of give you a couple of verses here, and then I'm going to just get into just two verses today, or actually uh, two key verses. Uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 13. Jesus told the disciples, he called his disciples, he was talking to them, and he, he, he told them that this parable, he said that he called, uh, in this parable, that, that the master called ten servants and delivered to them ten pounds, and he said to them, occupy till I come. And obviously that word occupy is, a, is what they used in the King James, and, and that word means to be busy, to stay busy, uh, to carry on. In the new uh, King James and the NIV, it says that he gave them ten minas. Ten minas, which was uh, about three months' wage. So he gave them ten. One mina was three months' wage. He gave them ten. So he gave them about two and a half years of uh, uh, silver, I think, translation it says. Two and a half years' worth of silver. And he just said, just go live average. I'm looking at people that have been given, all of us have been given an incredible investment in our life. And I believe it's faith. And it's not enough just to say, well, I'm hanging on to faith. I'm just holding on to my faith. I'm just, you know, I don't want to lose my faith. Nobody can take my faith. And I can't lose it. I can let it go. I can give up on it. And I can use that phrase, losing faith. I've lost my faith. Well, go back and get it. Because the truth of the matter is, is faith is, is something that, that God gives us and it's, it's, a, it's, it's an operating system for our lives. You remember the, the three servants that were given three five-in-one talents. And, and basically, what was the end result? The one that had five? He used it. He occupied. He stayed busy. Actually, uh, you look in the King James in that verse I, I mentioned earlier, it says uh, he gave them... Uh, you know, the 10 pounds or the, 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 the minus, 10 minus, and he uses this phrase. He says, uh, put my money to work until I come back. Put my resource, put that which I've put into you to work until I come back. I'm tired. Me too. We're all tired. We all get tired. We go through things. But the thing is, is God's looking for someone. He's looking for people. And I believe it's us, the church. It's us that will, that will step up and, and, and go the second mile, move forward. The guy that had five doubled his, three doubled his, and the guy that had one, he said, I knew you were hard, and I knew you were just, oh, I was afraid. So I buried it, and the Lord said, he called him an, a wicked, unfaithful servant. I don't want to be known on, in any of those terms, in any of those ways. I don't want to be known like that. And so, uh, has anybody ever told you uh, that you're one in a million. Anybody ever heard that phrase? You really told you, yeah, you're one in a million. Well, I want you to know that's not even tr- close to being true. You're one in eight billion. Actually, they, I was looking at some things, and it says that November, in, in the middle of November, the end of November, the world population is supposed to hit eight billion this November. And the thing is, is that's just a lot of people. But you know what? God doesn't, you don't get lost. We don't get lost in the crowd. God knows where we are, 
and he knows what he's put inside of us, and he's wanting us to stir it up, and to, he's challenging us. And it doesn't matter, I'll be careful here, it doesn't matter what they do to determine what I'm willing to do. It doesn't matter what they do, whether I'm going to do something, it matters what I do in my uh, relationship to God. So let me, let me move forward. I got a lot of verse, or not a lot of verse, a lot of thoughts here I want to uh, go through. Okay, so this guy's name that we're going to read about, his name is Jabez. And the first, now the first nine chapters of First uh, Chronicles, they're all genealogies. If you ever want to just put yourself to sleep, starting Chronicles, First uh, Chronicles 1, and start reading, and you will probably be asleep before you even get to Jabez's name, because it's so-and-so begets so-and-so, and they had this many kids, and they named them, whatever. And the truth is, it's important, but I don't know exactly why, other than what I'm getting ready to tell you. <laughs> Okay, so the first nine chapters are genealogies. There's over 600 names mentioned in the first nine chapters of First Chronicles. But he singles out one man, one man, and he gives him some special recognition. He mentions it only with two verses here in the Bible. And so basically, what made Jabez so special? What made him so So recognizable in God's, in God's uh, you know, view. Okay, well, let's take a second and let's look. Let me read this. He says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Uh, and Jabez called on the Lord, on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, and... That I would not, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. So what does God say? The first thing I see here is that it says that God says that he was honorable. He was honorable. Now, obviously, I've got to take inventory of my own life. And the thing is, is am I honorable in the eyes of the world? Am I honorable? Well, I want to be. And that's my intention. But am I honorable in the eyes of God? Am I honorable? How do I show honor? It's by, by giving weight. That word honor, it, you know, it, it's like weight. It give, giving weight to something. If you say, you know, like to the honorable judge, whoever, that you're going to stand before to pay your traffic ticket or whatever. And basically, this is the honorable judge, whoever. And you know what we're, we're basically saying is that I respect your Authority. I respect who you are. Jabez respected God. He respected God's word. He respected God's uh, God Himself and who He was and what God had said. He respected God. So, out of all these names, you come across Jabez, and basically, it gives a little bit of a definition of him. That basically, his name is Jabez, and that means pain. It means sorrow. It means grief. And you know what? Maybe your name. Maybe you're not named something like that. But maybe your image or your idea or your thoughts about yourself or what you've been told about yourself, looking at your, your past, looking at your life, or look at what's happened in my life. I didn't expect my life to go this way. Well, if, you know, but you know what? If we'll just honor God in the midst of where we are, I'm just going to honor God. I didn't ask for these circumstances. I didn't ask. See, if circumstances can change your reaction and response to God, that's dishonor. 
Because I don't honor God because all things are going well. I don't honor God because I got it all together. I don't honor God because I have the position or the finances or the opportunities. I honor God because he's worthy. He's worthy. And so his mother named him Jabez because it says, I gave birth to him in pain. Okay? The thing is, I don't know what, what birth canal you've come through at this point in your life I'm talking about. I'm not talking in the natural. I'm just talking about where you sit right now. You have been, you are sitting where you are because you've come through some kind of a birth canal and here we sit today, all of us do. And we have an identity. We have memories. We have things. God's calling us to say, will you live an honorable life? Will you honor me? Is what he's saying. Will you honor my word in the, in the face of others? Will you show honor? Now, here's the deal. If I've got to go back and, and fix everything that I've ever done, I'm sunk. But that's why I love repentance. God, forgive me. Forgive me for my past. Forgive me for what I've done. Because I've done some doozies. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. Done some doozies. And so I'm just grateful that God says if I'll repent, man, he'll wipe the past, and I can begin to live this honorable life of honoring God to do what he has asked me to do. And uh, so basically, in that first verse, we see that uh, Jabez was more honorable. And then, of course, let's look at uh, first, the verse 10 there. Verse 10. And there's actually five requests that Jabez makes. And I know it's all there on your paper, but, paper, but I just want to read this quickly, and I want to point them out. Because here's Jabez, and he's living a life being told, you're a pain. I was a pain. When I was born, I guarantee you, I was a pain. I think all of us were, to a degree. And I'm not picking on anybody, but I got a few I could. <laughs> I'm just saying that we all have, have probably caused pain in our lives, but I don't want that to identify us. So here's Jabez. He's got this past. His mom probably didn't love him. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Why would you name your son? You're a pain. Why would you do that? So Jabez is an honorable man. He's honoring God. He loves God. And he prays this prayer. And he says, he calls on, calls on the name of the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. That's a request. Lord, bless me. Indeed, bless me. Lord, would you bless me? And would you enlarge my territory? Some people don't want a larger territory to look after. Some people are happy with us four and no more. I don't think God wants us to be happy with just what we've got. He wants us to expand as individuals and as a church. And the thing is, the way the church expands is as we expand as individuals. You know, uh, I don't want to be, you know, chasing the, the tail. I don't want to be, you know, the tail following the dog. I want to be there helping to expand. So he says that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Uh, that your hand would be with me. And there's a lot packed into this. That you would, that your hand would be with me. And that you would keep evil from me. That I may not cause pain. Do you care? Do I care what type of reaction or what kind of a aftermath that my life causes? Because here's the thing. I don't think Jabez asked for what he had. But he was born into this. And, and maybe there was a, Maybe his mom, as he was raising him, saying, watch out for that boy, he's a pain. 
Watch out for this boy because he will mess things up. I've said, I said this last week and I'll say it again. I, I don't care how rowdy my grandkids get when I pick them up and I'm going, stop, stop, stop. And I hug them. I go, You're a good boy. You're a good boy. Because <laughs> you know what? I'm going to speak into their life. I'm not going to speak into their life negative. And I think God wants us to know that no matter who has spoken into our life before, he's speaking into our life. He is. God is speaking into your life. And here's the thing. Here's where faith comes in. Do you believe it? Yes is the correct answer. But we've got to embrace it and we've got to internalize it. We've got to begin to get it into our heart. Eyes not seen, ears not heard. It's not even entered into your heart. The things that God has planned for you, the things that God has designed for you, and you see, if when we say that, when we think about that, if the first thing we do is we look back and we go, but, but look, I don't want to talk about the past. I don't want to talk about the failures. I don't want to talk about the broken stuff or the, the things that didn't work out. I want to talk about the future. The future. I have spent probably the last three days, four days, setting and uh, thinking about missions, thinking about, listen, this is going to be our 48th year. 48 years of missions. You can believe that. Judy, I'm not even that old. How's that? We must have done two a year for a while or something. But we've done 48 years of missions, and I'm just looking back. And I'm going to tell you what it does when we look back. If we look back to the good, it encourages us. But if we look back at the bad, it go, we go, oh. And I, do I see the bad? Yeah. But I clip it and I throw it in the trash. I clip it, not people, not people, but maybe things that didn't happen like maybe we had thought. I don't know. But here's the thing. 48 years, God has been absolutely faithful. I'm just talking about missions. But let me even go back to the beginning of my walk with Christ in 1972. I look back at my life and let me tell you, I was standing right there and I'm thinking, I'm almost an old man. And I'm not saying that I'm not, but I am almost. <laughs> but you know what? I can say this, that I have built this. Another line that was in the song you guys did this morning. I built my life on Christ. And you know something? All the stuff that would try to come and remind me of, well, you know where you came from. You know what, your, what, what happened in your life at that point. You know what you did. You know that? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I can stand here today and tell you that like Jabez, we all have a past, but let's be like Jabez in this respect, that we're willing to take our faith and pray a bold prayer like he prayed here. And you know what? I believe it's even okay to pray this prayer, to take this prayer and say, Lord, uh, would, you, would, you bless, would you bless me indeed? Bless me, Lord. Uh, would you enlarge my territory? I want you to give me more to be responsible for. Wait a minute, I don't like the way I said that. But that's what it is. We can handle more. We can do more. And I'm not talking about blood, sweat, and tears. I just mean influence. We can do more. Your hand, that your hand would be on me, Lord. Let your hand stay on me. Uh, keep me from evil. And don't let me cause pain. Don't let me be in the way. Don't let me be a distraction. Don't let me be somebody that causes somebody else to trip and to fall and to, to slow their run and their race. 
That's all the Bible says about Jabez, those two verses. That's it. Two verses he prayed, but it does give us a lot of insight. Two things that we learn about Jabez's life. Number one, you need great ambition. We don't know much about Jabez other than what we just read, but here's the thing we do know. What would cause a, a man that was born with the name like Jabez, your pain? Because his mother, because, it tells us why he got that name. Because his mother said, when you were born, I birthed you in pain. I don't know if it was the pain he caused or where she was at. I don't know. We don't really know. But the thing is, the name impacted his life somewhat until he began to honor God and pray the prayer. So two things that we learn from Jabez's life, you need a great ambition. Not just a, well, I'll get around to it someday. A strong, burning desire for something. Rather than the easy chair. I got two in my house now. And when I see one, my body's going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's in the natural, but I'm just talking about, I'm just talking about inside. A burning desire. Not just, not just for you, but for, for what God's doing in the earth. A burning desire to see something more. A determination, a resolve, a willingness to do the hard work. I don't mind doing the easy work. Sure, I can do that. Can you do this? No, about that. I'm just saying what God would ask us to do. The hard work. There's a lot of people around us that are satisfied, just satisfied. And been there, done that. Your turn now. It's not my turn anymore. Now, I get it. We do go into seasons of life, and I'm in a different one. I'm not going to be running out there stomping balloons with the kids anymore. And that's okay. But the thing is, is, is my faith still intact? And am I still pushing forward and expanding? Am I? Well, I'm asking myself. But here's the thing. I'm asking us. Are we? Will we? Can we? Because if you look at your situation, you go, are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Look at my life. Look, what's look at me. Look at what's going on. Look where I'm at. I'm not asking this. I'm just reading what, telling you what the Bible says. And then I am kind of asking, are we willing to, to allow God to put a strong ambition inside of us? A great ambition. Jabez said, I want you to do something significant in my life and through my life. Do I want that? Dude, I just want to be left alone. How many times have I said that? When I go through difficult times, I just want to be left alone. Yeah. Forgive me for saying that, Lord. Maybe it was the situation. <laughs> but I just want to be left alone. Jabez is saying, do something significant in my life. Do, you, do something amazing through my life. I was born for such a time as this. That's the fact. I want you to bless me. I want you to enlarge me. I want you to enlarge my borders. Uh, I don't want to be ordinary. I don't want to be average. I don't want to just live at this level where, you know, we go look on my, my tombstone the day I'm gone, and it says, he was an average guy. He was just an average guy. Didn't cause a lot of problems. The second thing, so we need, we need uh, a great ambition. The second thing is we need a growing faith. Oh, I remember back, oh, listen, I remember back in 1978. Oh, let me tell you right, the Holy Ghost, woo, he was moving and I was rolling and oh, man, it was great. And, and man, we were doing this and I saw people passing out. The altar was full and this and that. That's great. I was there too. But here's the question. 
What did he do in my life at that time? A lot. How do I know? Because I'm still standing. But the thing is, what is he doing today? Do we have a... Gr- I, don't want, I didn't ask if we have faith. Of course we have faith. But do we have a growing faith? Because that's what Jabez was, had here. He had a growing faith. It wasn't like, Lord, just give me faith to hold on. Lord, give me faith. He wasn't asking for it. He was just saying, Lord, this is what I want you to do. I want you to bless me. I want you to enlarge me. I want you to, 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 to help me to, to go forward and to do something amazing. And just, just I, want to be, I want to be known for, for honoring you all the days of my life. There's something more important than ability. There's something more important than education. And I'm not against any of those. There's something more important than giftings or backgrounds, or pedigree, or ancestry, whatever you want to call it, and it's called faith. See, when the enemy comes and attacks your life, let me tell you what he's, he's not after your pedigree. He'll take it. You know, your, your well, my daddy, my, my, my great-great-grandpappy was, was the, 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 the Duke of Earl, or whoever, I don't know. He don't, he, he'll, sure, he'll take that if he can. He don't care about any of that. You know what he's after? You believe in God. He doesn't care about your money. He doesn't care about your stuff. He doesn't even care about your marriage. He'll destroy it if you let him have a chance. But the devil's after your faith. Because that's what helps us to grow and enlarge and move forward. God wants to work in our lives. And the way he does that is when we have the faith to stretch. To stretch. It's a growing faith. Not just a stagnant faith. Not just a, I'm hanging on faith. It's a growing faith. You know, this past week, I, <laughs> I was, uh, Dana and I were, we were, I don't even know where we were. We were somewhere, and I got home, and I said, you know, I was, I was in line there at this, anyway, place here in town, and I was coming through, and I was grabbing a, a drink, picking up something, and anyway, you swipe your card. This is Sonic. You swipe your card, and you know, if it's, if it's working, and you pay your bill, you come up, and instead of them taking your card, you swipe it, and it does it automatically. Okay. So while I'm sitting there, and they're getting my stuff, the guy behind me comes up, and I'm thinking, I think I just need to be, you know, ah, better, better. And this is big faith, guys. Come on now. Come on. This is big faith. So anyway, and I thought, all right. So I just swipe the card, and the gal comes, she says, oh, you've already paid your, so I said, I know, I know. I just want to pay for that, guys. Well, why? And I said, I'm looking, I said, oh, no, just want to. Okay. So I get home. And I told Dana, I said, hey, I said, uh, I uh, just wanted you to know if you see, like, swipe, two swipes on there, if you look at the whatever. I told her what I'd done. She said, okay. She says, oh, by the way. And then she, she won up to me. She won up to me. And I, said, I looked at her and I thought, I like that. I like that. I think we need to one up one another with our faith. Not try to put, you know what, the way I get higher is not by pulling you down. It's by building you up, by this is what, oh, boom, boom, boom. That's the way the church grows. We're a body. We add to one another. And whenever we pull from one another, we take from one another. When I'm a pain, I'm not helping anybody. And that's what Jabez knew. I don't want to be a pain. I don't want to be a pain. Let me hit this quickly, and I'm going to finish this morning. Okay. So basically, there's three kinds of people in the world. You see that. Let me just hit this quickly. There's excusers. There's accusers and there's choosers. People who make excuses for everything. I I just couldn't do any better than that. 
I did my best. Uh, uh, they, they make excuses for not really believing and trusting God. Okay, there's accusers, people that blame others for everything. It's not my fault. It was my mom's fault. It's my dad's fault. It's my teacher's fault. It's the society's fault. It's the police's fault. It's the government's fault. I don't want to be one of those. But the people that move forward are the choosers. The ones that choose. They choose. They choose that no matter what, no matter what the circumstances, they're going to choose to do God's will. They're going to choose to obey God. That is called faith. Just doing God's will. I'm going to do what I know God speaks to me with, through the word or through my, right into my heart. I'm going, to, I'm going to do exactly what he says. So choosing is the key. I'm going to choose. I want to have a great ambition, and I think the way we get a great bit, I'm getting a greater ambition in the area of missions again because I'm looking and I'm reflecting and I'm thinking back on the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God. I'm remembering all the things that he's done, all the things that he's, he's promised and he's, he's allowed us to be a part of. And so you know what? I'm looking and I'm thinking, man, it's time to move forward because I can reflect and now I'm anticipating what's going to come ahead because I see the hand of God and it's not departed from us, it's leading us. And now I want to go forward. And so we have to have a great ambition, and I think that's one of the things is we've got to remember the faithfulness of God, and then we have to have a growing faith. And the way we do all that is the choices that we make. I can't make choices for you, and you can't make choices for me. If I could, if you could, we'd all be better, because we'd get the person that chooses the best, and we'd say, make a choice for all of us. But it doesn't work that way. So Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, it says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of the, uh, which your fathers served, which were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites, those whose uh, land you now dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I think that's all of our heart. We're going to serve God. I'm going to serve God. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to the, you know, we, we call, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a, I look back and I, I'm a little, what's the word, melancholy, sentimental about the past. I love looking at old photos and, and talking about the good old days. I love that. But I don't know how good they really were. These are the good days right now because I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. And we've got things to do. We've got places to go. I don't want to just park it and watch life go by. I want to move. I want us to move. A great ambition. I'm challenging us. Whatever it's going to take to help you get a great ambition, you need to stir yourself. Find something that helps you. Look back, reflect, remember the God that's brought you to this point. Remember his faithfulness in your life. We have forgotten more than we even can imagine. We've got to go back and we've got to think about it, reflect. Great ambition and a growing faith. Let's pray.